turn to John's Gospel, chapter 14. John's Gospel, chapter 14. When you found that passage of Scripture, mark it, please, and turn to Romans, chapter 8. Romans, chapter 8. John, chapter 14, and then Romans, chapter 8. Last week, I told you that I was going to continue this message on the Holy Spirit that it was going to go into overtime. I am going to complete this message today because we don't want it to go into double overtime because bad things can happen for some of you. (laughs) And that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Romans chapter 8, verse 1, please. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus, free from the law of sin and death. Verse 8, please. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers... We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Last week as we talked about growing in the Spirit, we talked about the Spirit saving us and sealing us. Here in this passage of Scripture, we found that it is the Spirit who works with our spirit that declares that we are the sons of God. And last week, we went into Ephesians chapter 2, and we discovered that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. We are saved. That is the gospel. We are sealed. That is the guarantee of our lives. But we also need to understand that in the Spirit, we are empowered to live the Christian life. Verse 26, as we read this morning, likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. And if you were to go on in that verse, it says, For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. You are very familiar with Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Paul writes to Timothy and said that God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And that spirit who has sealed us, that spirit who has worked with our spirit to save us, is the one who empowers us to live the Christian life. Now, how does he do that? I want to pause right here and say, if you are taking notes, that which you are going to see on the screen here in just a moment will not match your notes exactly. 
all right? I didn't have this acrostic worked out in my mind when the notes were printed on Tuesday of this week. But I think you'll find all the truth here, all right? So let's talk about the power, the power that we have in the Spirit of God. We have power to proclaim the wonder of God, right? You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. We have power to proclaim the wonder of God working in our lives. Amen? Isn't that great? And that power comes from the Spirit of God. We also have power to overcome the world. 1 John says, greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. So if you are struggling this morning with the world, know that God has given you the power to overcome the world because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. We have the power to win spiritual battles. Ephesians chapter 6 says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, against principalities, against rulers of the darkness in the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Take on the whole armor of God. And that includes the breastplate of righteousness. That includes our loins being girt about with truth. The helmet of salvation, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of Christ. The shield of the Spirit, shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You and I have everything that is necessary to win spiritual battles in our lives. Amen? I mean, this is good news, folks. We cannot sit back and say, no, I can't do that. For God has given to us everything that is necessary for us to be able to win the battle. We also have everything necessary to engage truth. We're going to learn a little bit later in John chapter 16 this morning that it's the Holy Spirit of God that guides and directs us into truth. We read here in Romans chapter 8 that it is the Spirit who works with our spirit. And part of that working is not only to help us understand we are the children of God, but part of that working is to know the truth that has set us free in our lives. And we also have the power to be able to reason or to be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. It is the Spirit of God that helps us understand those things. You know, we live in the world where there's a lot of gray. Used to be more black and, and white. But we, we live in a, a gray-colored world. And, and sometimes I just don't know what to do and how to respond. I had a conversation with someone this past week. And they said, well, well, pastor, if the Bible says this, that's what you need to do. And then, and then I went into a, a scenario with that person. I said, you know, he said, I, I understand where you're coming from. But it's the Spirit who works with our spirit to help us to reason out truth in our lives for the honor and glory of God. It is indeed the Spirit who empowers us. Now go back to John chapter 14, will you please? John chapter 14. Because it is the Spirit who indwells us. Verse 15 of John 14, please. If you love me, 
you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Jesus is now beginning to develop the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And in the next couple of chapters, he's going to talk about the Holy Spirit indwelling us, as he did here in 14. He's going to talk about the Holy Spirit teaching us. He's going to talk about the Holy Spirit bearing the witness of Christ. He's going to talk about the Holy Spirit convicting the world. We're going to look at some of that this morning. But this is the first dynamic that Jesus gives to us concerning the Spirit of God, the Comforter, the Paracletus, the one who is called to come alongside us in our Christian life. We do not have to live the Christian life by ourselves. Amen. Thank goodness. But the Holy Spirit indwells us. Now, perhaps as you think about that, you think very easily of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, right? What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, whom ye have of God, for you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which belong to God. God has given to us everything that is necessary to be the kind of people God wants us to be. I think it interesting there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, written to a carnal church, written to a church that was struggling with, with issues, issues of immorality, issues of taking truth and setting it aside for love you can never sacrifice truth for love you can speak the truth in love but you do not sacrifice truth for love and Paul gets to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and he says what? don't you know? that's kind of a sarcastic question isn't it? That's a question about the obvious, right? And yet, how many of us really recognize the truth that it is the Spirit of God who indwells us? He goes every place we go. He's involved with everything that we're involved with. Now, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, so that we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What shall men do to me? That's That's true. Well, one of the reasons that's true is because the Holy Spirit indwells us. And no matter what's going on in our lives, God the Holy Spirit is there. You've heard me make this statement before. It amazes me that people will not do something in front of their friends and family members, but will do something in front of a holy God, the Holy Spirit who dwells them. That ought to get our attention. Why? Because we've been bought with a price. You are aware that freedom is not free. Our freedom was purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's the price that God paid for you and for me. During the Sunday school class here in the worship center, 
the ecclesia class. Steve was talking about the old covenant and the new covenant. And the old covenant was built on a sacrificial system. It was an ugly system. But it was a system where God's people had to continually offer up sacrifices, a bloody, messy system so that their sins could be atoned for. That means covered up. They were never forgiven. They were just covered up. I've been to India and seen the sacrifices of Hindus as they slit the throats of their goats that they're offering and blood just squirts out and goes everywhere. That was what was happening in the Old Testament because it was about the blood, right? Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot went to the cross and shed his precious blood in payment for you and for me to buy us with that price. I don't know what your family tradition is at Christmas, but in our family, we don't get everybody gifts. We have a gift exchange. And the gifts are supposed to cost less than 50 bucks. I don't know what your limit is. Your limit may be five bucks, and that's okay. Ours is 50. And it's always fun to see what you can get for $50, right? You try to use a 20% off coupon. You try to get it on sale. And you always fun to, to, to wrap this $50 gift that really is worth 75 or 100 bucks, you know? Because that's the gift people want. Let me tell you, there was no discount when Christ died for our sins. He indwells us. He is in us. So glorify God, right? Glorify God in your body and your spirits which belong to God. Now, how do we do that? Let me give you some ways. First, we are to present our bodies, right? Present our bodies living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Romans chapter 12. We are to protect our bodies, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, from that which is outside. We are to make sure that we purify our bodies. Hebrews chapter 10. And we are to purpose our bodies, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen? And that is because the Holy Spirit indwells us. I hope that encourages you this morning. You don't go anyplace without God's Spirit. As His children, as His children, you don't go anyplace without God's Spirit. And that's to make the difference in your life. The story is told about a visitor to a cathedral in Europe and the visitor wanted to pray at the station of his favorite saint but when he arrived at that station he was startled to find no candles for him to pray what he did find was a sign that said do not worship here we're closed for cleaning I wonder if I can worship here. 
or should I be closed for cleaning? He indwells me. He reproves. Go to John chapter 16, will you please? John chapter 16, beginning with verse 8. And when he, that is the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, the context of this passage is the world, the cosmos. God's created beings. And when he has come, the Spirit, he's going to convict. He's going to convict of sin. He's going to convict of righteousness. He's going to convict of judgment. He's going to be convict of sin because the world has missed the mark. He's going to convict of righteousness because the righteous one has left Jesus Christ. And he's going to convict of judgment because at some point in time, Satan himself is going to be, the prince of this world is going to be judged. So when he comes, he's going to convict. Now what about us as believers? What does he do in our life? You know, the scripture warns us about sins against the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 7 talks about resisting the Spirit. Ever resist the Spirit of God? God says something to you and you say, eh, not yet, Lord. Or give an excuse about why I can't at this point in my life. The Bible talks about grieving the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 talks about quenching the Spirit. And Hebrews chapter 10 talks about insulting the Spirit. Technology's wonderful, isn't it? I love my HDTV. I can look at it, and I can tell whether or not the person on television has shaved. I mean, they used to have to put on a lot of makeup, right? Cover things up just so they'd look good on TV. But now you can't hide anything because it's HD. You know, your life and my life is lived in high definition before God through the Spirit. Think about it. We can run, but we can't hide. Because it is the Holy Spirit of God who in a very special way reproves, convicts us in our lives. Two more very quickly. He also instructs us. Are you still in John chapter 16? Look with me at verse 12, please. John chapter 16, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. 
he, the spirit of truth, will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father have is mine. Therefore I said that he, the spirit of truth, will take what is mine and declare to you. I think it interesting in this passage of Scripture that there are seven qualities that are given concerning the Holy Spirit of God. Did you pick them up? He comes. He guides. He hears. He speaks. He glorifies. He receives. He shows. Let me give those to you one more time. He comes. He guides. He hears. He speaks. He glorifies. He receives. And then he shows concerning the Father. And what does he do? He packages all that to teach us truth. I went down to visit my parents on Friday. My dad some time ago, last time I was down there, said that he and mom are thinking about living out the rest of their years and thought that... uh, Perhaps they would like to come live with us. So I wrote my dad an email earlier in the week, and I said, hey, I don't know if you've talked to Mom about this or not, but uh, I'd be willing to have that conversation when we come down. And we had that conversation. And part of our discussion had to do with David Jeremiah. Have you ever heard of him? Okay, some of you have heard of David Jeremiah. And Joe Stoll. You ever heard of him? Well, my father got Joe Stoll and David Jeremiah mixed up in his mind. He's 88. He's allowed to do that. But he was adamant. You ever talk to somebody who's adamantly wrong? You ever talk to your parents when they're adamantly wrong? I didn't want to argue with my dad. I didn't think that was respectful. But what I did say, Dad, when you get to glory, you'll find out that I was right. (laughs) At that point, I wish the Spirit had guided him into truth. Or maybe me into more respect. I don't know. But I'm so thankful that God has given to us his Spirit help us understand what truth is in this world of lies. Now, we should not be surprised that this world lies to us. Because this world is controlled by the evil one. And Jesus said in John chapter 8 that he is the father of lies. And you go back to Genesis chapter 3 and you find that very quickly. For he lied to Adam and Eve. So we should not be surprised but may we listen to the Spirit who instructs us and directs us into truth. One more, please. It is the Spirit who helps us test. Now, we need to go to 1 John chapter 4 for this, all right? 1 John chapter 4. Turn there, please, in your Bibles. 1 
1 John chapter 4. Beginning with verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Now, I want you to note that it's small s. All right? Do not believe every spirit, small s, but test the spirits, small s, to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. But this you know, the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of God. By this you know, the Spirit of God. Every spirit, small s, that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit, small s, that does not confess Jesus is not from God. For this spirit, small s, of the Antichrist, which ye heard was coming and now is in the world already. So what does the spirit, big S, help us do? It helps us know what's real and what's not. I recently watched a television program that had to do with the gold rush in the Yukon, Dawson City. And there was a word, it's actually a Greek word, that the miners would declare if they found gold. And that gold was Eureka! Now I'll give you a little Greek lesson here. Eureka means... I found it. So the next time you've lost your keys and you ultimately discover where they are, yell out, Eureka! I found it! Now very quickly, the miners discovered that not everything that glitters is necessarily gold. There was pyrite, fool's gold. And they understood that it wasn't fool's gold that added money to their pocket. It was only the real gold. You know, spiritually speaking, we believers often find ourselves in a similar position those gold rushers of the late 1800s were confronted with various doctrines and religious teachings all of which claim to be true we believers must be able to tell those that are biblically sound from those that are not as was true with the gold rush just because something glitters doesn't mean it's good Christians need to be equally wary of spiritual fool's gold. They must not accept something as true without first testing it to see if it meets with God's approval. If it fails the test, Christians should discard it as false and warn others also. But if it passes the test, in keeping with the truth of God's word, believers can embrace it and endorse it wholeheartedly. And what are the tests? They're given here in 1 John chapter 4. Confess 
the divine Lord, possess the divine life, and profess the divine law. I'll let you flesh that out. Confess the divine Lord, possess the divine life, and profess the divine law. That's the Spirit who has saved and sealed us, who empowers us, indwells us, reproves, convicts, instructs, and helps us to test, to find the reality of truth in our lives. And God has given to us His Spirit. Amen? Go home this afternoon and read Romans chapter 8. I only skipped through that. In Romans chapter 8, Spirit is spoken about some 18 times. And there we, we understand something about the Spirit working with us. It's also in Romans chapter 8 where we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are according to, according to His purpose, and that's part of the Spirit's ministry in our lives too. So read Romans chapter 8 this afternoon. But aren't you thankful? For the Holy Spirit of God? Aren't you thankful for the Spirit of the living God? Now, you and I have all of the Spirit that we're ever going to get. He indwells us. We got it all. The question is, how much of us does the Spirit have that is committed truth of this book. Eureka. We found it. And it's real. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word, truth in our lives. Take it and use it for your glory. And Father, may we be sensitive to what you want to accomplish. Thank you for giving us your spirit. Help us, Lord, not to insult him, not to grieve him. Help us not to quench him in our lives. Help us, Father, in a, in a very special way to understand that he has been given to us to help us live out the truth. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.